0: It's a wonderful thing to be loved by your spouse and family. It's a wonderful thing to be loved by your church and by friends. But there is no love like the love of being loved by the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved me when I was unlovable. He, gave, he forgave me. And there was no reason to forgive. He came to me and I'm so glad. I'm so glad he loves me. I don't want to ever get over the fact. That God loves me. What a wonderful, wonderful song! Hebrews chapter eleven is our text again tonight. We began this morning by learning about faith and a description of faith, definition of faith. We'll review some of that this evening from the first three verses, and then we read the final verses of the chapter, and verses thirty-two through (coughs) forty. And I'm going to preach tonight on the subject, the benefits of the obedience of faith. The benefits of the obedience of faith. Tonight I want to encourage you to live by faith, as I did this morning. And I want to encourage you with the promises of God and with the benefits that God gives to us when we're obedient to live by faith in God's Word. Heavenly Father, bless the preaching of your Word tonight, I pray. I hunger for your blessings. I pray that you'd help us to be convinced yet again the best life is a life lived by faith in your word. May we hear tonight not just to learn, but may we hear to obey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning I gave this definition of faith. <clears throat> Faith is a complete trust and confidence in something or someone to the place of action and obedience. Faith in God's word equals obedience. Hebrews chapter 11 is not a list of those that believed in God in their mind, but a group of folks that believed to the place of obedience against the circumstances and against The consequences Hebrews 11 is a description of faith it is what faith does and how faith works I remind you that Bible faith is not based on blind optimism or a manufactured hope so feeling faith is not an intellectual agreement to a doctrine I don't believe the Bible because I understand it all with the five basic senses of the body. I believe it by faith because God said it. It is certainly not believing in spite of evidence for that would be a superstition. We follow in faith the words of God because we know that the word of God is right. And the word of God is pleasing to the Lord and we know that God promises to reward our obedience of faith. I'm going to give you three plain and three simple benefits of the obedience of our faith. These benefits are for every child, for every teenager, every young man, every young lady, every Christian. If we'll be obedient in faith, to the word of god i would remind you tonight as you've heard me say in the past god does not always pay in green cash every friday for our obedience but god always rewards our obedience do you believe that tonight serving the lord by faith does not mean that we would become wealthy to live a life of luxury it may mean that we would face great difficulties and dangers and even death for our faith as did many in the word of God as we read in our text just a while ago. Some saw the benefits and the blessings of their faith immediately. Some did not see the blessings of their faith until they made it to glory. So, don't think living by faith in God is going to make you wealthy. It's not. It's not going to to make you wealthy. It's going to make you an obedient child of God. That's what it's going to make you tonight. It is important to remember that faith and obedience to instruction is regardless of circumstances and regardless of consequences. Some acted in faith and accomplished a great feat or a great task or met a great need. Uh, For example, Noah built the ark and the flood came and destroyed the people on the earth except those that were on the ark. God gave an immediate blessing to Noah and to his family. Gideon, though the number was small, he took 300 men and by faith, He obeyed the Lord. He did the opposite of what made sense. He did the opposite of what you would have thought 300 men would do that was going into battle against the great host of Midianites. Instead of them being quiet and staying in the shadows, they shined a bright light and they sounded a trumpet and they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. God gave an immediate blessing to their obedience of faith. Some escaped the lion's den, some escaped the fiery furnace. However, Stephen, he was obedient by faith to the word of God, and he preached the truth, and as a result, Stephen was stoned to death. We do not say that Noah was a success and Stephen was a failure. We say both were a success because they were obedient to the Lord. They're not obedient because of the time of their blessings or the time of the benefit. They were were, uh, uh, a blessing because they were obedient and they were a success because they were obedient to to the Lord. Some were placed in a hollow log and sawn asunder. What a terrible way to die. Many Christians were martyred. Some were used as human torches to light the gardens for Nero to see his gardens. Some were in prison. Some were martyred for the cause of Christ. John the Baptist had his head cut off and presented in a charger. What a, what a wicked, what a what a low-down desire of someone to want the man of God killed and want his head in a charger. We may conclude that some died for their faith and they died in vain. But the Bible concludes that no one dies in vain who lives in obedience to faith in God. Now it's important that we understand the word patience as given in the book of Hebrews. And this truth must be understood in the matter of of understanding and doing the will of God. Sometimes we think of patience of waiting until the circumstances are right. That's not what the Bible talks about when it's talking about circumstance or talking about patience. Uh, For example, the husbandman, uh, they put the seed in the ground and then they wait for the precious fruit. Patience is not the time before the planting. Patience is the time between the planting and the reaping. Many times we use that word patience as an excuse for laziness, as an excuse for apathy. As, a, as an excuse for complacency in the will of God. When things are going well, then I'll do it. No patience says, I'm going to do right, and I'm going to do right now, and I'm going to do right today. And regardless of when God gives the reward or God gives the benefit, I'm going to do right. We don't wait until everything is in place to give the gospel to someone in need. We don't wait until everything is uh, uh, what we need or we have plenty and money left over before we give uh, to the Lord. Uh, we don't wait till all of the circumstances are perfect before planting a church. Uh, we don't wait till everything's right before uh, going on the deputation trail and following God's call to the mission field. Uh, we don't wait till everything's right to answer the call of God to preach or uh, to prepare ourselves in Bible college for the ministry. We go forward in the will of God, though the circumstances are difficult, though the consequences may be difficult. Faith in God is obedience to the Word of God. That's what faith is. Now, there are at least three rewards for the obedience of faith. First of all, there's the reward within. Of doing right. Now this is a great reward to know that we've done what's right to do. The reward within. Regardless of the consequences on the outside. Regardless of the circumstances around us. We do right. And the first reward we receive is to know that we have done right. We just did right because right is right to do. Take your Bibles, if you will, and go to the book of 1 Peter. If you'll turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter and go to chapter 3. We'll look at verse number 16 and then 17 and 18. In this passage of Scripture, we conclude it's better to be mocked for doing right than to be praised for doing wrong. We learn that the first reward for obedience is a simple obedience and a reward within. Here's what the Bible says, having a good conscience. Do you see it in the scripture there? Having a good conscience, what does that mean? That means I know right. I know I did right if nobody else knows I did what was right to do. If nobody else saw it, it doesn't matter. If nobody else heard about it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do right because right is right to do. And the Bible says having a good conscience. That whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing." For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. We talk about a nation where the self-esteem is low. Self-esteem is low when obedience to right is low. I'll say it again. Self-esteem is low when obedience to do what right is. Uh, Doing what's right is low. But when you do right by character and you work and you do what you're supposed to do, it gives us a self-esteem. It gives us a reward within. I'm glad tonight. I'm glad tonight for the reward that God gives knowing that we've taken a stand for right or we've been obedient by faith. Take your Bibles and back up, if you will, to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and this passage of Scripture, if you'll begin in verse number 17. The first of three rewards for doing right or obeying by faith. Faith is not just going on a wish or a whim, but faith is obeying the Word of God in the face of circumstances and perhaps negative consequences. And we do right, and the first reward is a reward that we receive. Within. Now notice this passage of scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 17. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honouring and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou, uh, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Holding faith and a good conscience with some have put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Look at that verse again, please. Fasten your eyes on the words of verse number 19. Holding faith. What does that mean? I don't care what others may say. I don't care what the polls or the theories or the ideas or the majority is doing. I'm going to hold on to faith in the word of God. I'm going to do what's right no matter what the crowd is doing. No matter what is fashionable and what is not. No matter what everyone else is doing. I'm going to hold to faith and a good conscience. And then he says, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Do right because it's right to do. Amen. The greatest reward of obedience is obedience itself. Do you recall the story of the king who had Daniel thrown into the lion's den? It was a miracle how the Lord protected Daniel there, and he had no promise that God would protect him, but he was willing to do right even if he was the lion's last supper. He decided he would do right, and he did. Uh, it seemed that the, that daniel uh, slept well but it's an interesting part of the story to find that the king couldn't sleep you know why the king couldn't sleep he didn't do right, right. right. daniel did right now look at it here's the king in a bed of luxury he can't sleep a wink here's daniel in a lion's den now i've heard the crowd say well those are old lions And those lions couldn't hurt anybody if they tried. Well, those that threw Daniel into the lion's den were eaten by the lions. They must have been older than those old lions. Now here's a king sleeping in a bed, or laying, or rolling the sheets off a bed of luxury. Here's Daniel in peace. You know why Daniel did what was right to do. The first reward of obedience and faith is a good conscience, a clear conscience, knowing as I stand before God, I did what was right to do. I'd rather be mocked by the world for doing right than be applauded by the crowd for doing wrong. Dear friend, there's a great peace, there's a great joy There's a great assurance knowing that you did what was right to do regardless of the immediate outcome, circumstances, or consequences would to God. We had a generation of leaders today that would do right for right's sake. How sad it is to see people justify sin and wrong, knowing good and well it is wrong. And they're the ones that wrestle with sleep at night. And they're the ones that wrestle with their conscience at night. I say tonight, let's have integrity before God and let's do what is right to do simply because it's a right thing to do. Thank God for those that do right. Thank God for those that stand and we're blessed in our churches and in our homes and in our families, in our nation, in our state, by the remnant of folks that do right regardless of what the crowd does. They ought to be recognized. They ought to be remembered. They ought to be thanked. And they ought to be appreciated for doing what is right to do. What's the first reward of doing right and obeying by faith in the Word of God? It's a good conscience. It's a good mind. It's a good heart. It's peace knowing between me and God, I've done what's right. Second of all, there's a reward of the generation or generational reward. I like this. This is a reward that is given to the children as a result of their parents' obedience. Oh, how we need to say more about this how we need to talk more about this we need to see a return to this behavior and this way of thinking in our nation and in our uh, Christian uh, lives in churches you see our forefathers lived their lives by this principle and they were concerned about a nation that they would leave to their children they did not want to lead them in the wrong direction Uh, They did not want to borrow money and leave the debt for the next generation. It lived like that. Every decision, they looked at the next generation. There is a reward for obedience and faith that I may not enjoy in my life as far as the reward, but because my children will be rewarded for my obedience... That's reward enough for me. Amen. Isn't it a blessing to see your children have what they need? Isn't it a blessing to see your grandchildren have what they don't I'm I'm sorry. Have what <laughs> have what they don't need. Their parents think they don't need it, but what's one more piece of chocolate going to do to hurt? They're not staying with me tonight anyway. The reward of the generation. Now think about this. I want to do right if I don't benefit from it now, but my children will benefit from my behavior now. Everything's not about payday on Friday. Everything's about living in doing what's right to do. And the second blessing is that the next generation will receive... The same opportunity that we have received from generations past. I think of this often. David was not permitted to build the temple. He wanted to. He desired to. But he gathered materials so that his son Solomon could build the temple. He lived for the next generation. Take your Bibles and go to Psalm 78. The Bible teaches us... That we're to make decisions, we're to live with a behavior that has the next generation in mind. By the way, I don't want to take one step wrong, for one step wrong today may lead to an, an entire lifestyle of wrong in the next generation. If it was wrong in the past generation, it's wrong today. If it's right in the past generation, it's right today. Folks, let's just do right. Uh, Quit trying to live as close as you can live to the line. Quit focusing on the line and start focusing on what's right to do. I don't know about you, I want to stay away from the line as far as I can. I don't want to live as close to danger as I can. I want to live as close uh, to doing what's right to do as God would have me to do. Notice the instruction in Psalm 78, verse number 6, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. I think of the soldier who goes to battle knowing that he could be giving his very life for the cause of freedom that he would not enjoy but his families, his family and others in the coming generation would. I read of the story as those young soldiers stormed Normandy Beach. Many of them never touching dry ground why for a payday friday i don't think so for the ability to live the rest of their lives no but so another generation could enjoy freedom that has to be a part of our thinking that has to be a part of our behavior that has to be a part of our decisions too many are like Esau who would sell their birthright from mess of pottage for some satisfaction today a bowl of soup to satisfy the temporary hungry, uh, hunger pains, God help us tonight not to give in to the temporary hunger pains of life but that we would make our decisions not based on what my emotions, our mood, or feelings or hunger is today but Hey, I want to do what's right according to the word of God. Be obedient by faith in his book. Thank the Lord for the blessings of today that were paid for by the past generation of the servants of the Lord. Thank God for the churches we have inherited. Thank God for the Christian education the past generation paid for. Thank God for the buildings to reach a generation with the gospel. Thank God for those that gave to us. Now let's think about it. We don't want to receive it to use it all. We want to receive it making sure we give it to the next generation. This property and these buildings that the Lord tarries is coming. They'll be here past our life. We're not doing what we're doing just for our generation for today. We're doing it with the desire and plans and dreams and hopes that the gospel will be preached here until Jesus comes. First of all, there's just the reward of obedience. That's the feeling, the thought, the conscience within that said, I may not be popular with others, but he's satisfied with me and I'll sleep well tonight. I've done right. Second of all is a generational reward That's a reward that we may not receive, but it is a blessing knowing that our children and grandchildren will receive that reward. And then, third of all, the third reward of obedience, of the obedience of faith, is the rewards of eternity. I remember preachers of yesteryear saying this often I just want to hear my Savior say, Well done thy good and faithful servant. And Paul said, I fought a good fight. didn't mean that he won every fight, but it means he gave it all he had. And Paul said, henceforth, there is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but to all those that love his appearing. Paul said, I did right because I want to hear him say, well done. Amen. It's amazing the number of Bible passages that talk about how you and I should be motivated to do right today because of how we will be received in heaven. Now think about that. Boy, we've been, we've been trained, we've been taught we want the reward right now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to have patience. I don't want to put off the reward. Some rewards will only get when we get to heaven can I tell you something heaven is supposed to be a grand and wonderful thing and place to look forward to how about you are you motivated by the fact of hearing him say well done let me give you a few samples of verses where the Bible talks about that I ought to do right if I never enjoy a temporal reward if I never see a generational reward And if my only reward is the reward I get when I get to heaven, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 12, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew chapter 5, those beatitudes are telling us to do what's right to do. And even if the response to that is persecution in this world, it's reward in the world to come. Matthew chapter 6 tells us lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But he tells us to lay up our treasures in heaven. Isn't that a good thing? How much do you have invested? What do you have invested in eternity? What do you have invested that when you get to heaven you'll enjoy because of being a wise investor. Time-serving God is an investment in eternity. Matthew sixteen twenty seven: for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels and then he shall reward every man according to his works. 1 Corinthians 3, 8, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. We need to think about our behavior so that we can lift rewards in heaven and they will be eternal rewards. James 1 verse number 12, blessed is a man that endureth temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. You shall have tribulation ten days but be thou faithful unto death I'll give thee a crown of life. <laughs> Just think about that. The reward of heaven. Revelation twenty-two twelve. 12. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. There's no socialism in the Christian life. God doesn't take from the lazy. I, I'm sorry, God doesn't take from those that work and give it to the lazy. God takes from the lazy. He rewards those at work. The three rewards for obedience to faith in God. First of all, just knowing I did what was right to do. Can you rest well tonight? Do you have to explain your life Do you have to find 25 excuses as to why we did and said what we did today? Or can we just say by the grace of God? To the best of my ability, I live my life according to that old book. And This is the last night I lay my head on my pillow. I can sleep in peace knowing I did what was right to do. The generational reward, doing right, and the joy of just knowing I did right. For the next generation. And then the eternal reward. Just to hear the master say. Well done. Stand with me if you will. I remember as a boy. And growing up. Getting older and stronger. Being able to do more and more things. Around the house. And around the. Barn and property. Sometimes my dad would. Would. Say, are you able to do that? Son, do you think you could do that? And to tackle a project that may be a little beyond my strength or ability. But to finish the job, maybe with a few blisters, clothes and body dirty from working, and to hear Dad say, wow, you did a good job. That meant a whole lot. It's going to mean a lot when you hear the Heavenly Father say, Well done. Heavenly Father, may we...